On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Autopilot has quietly learned a big new trick that moves the system one step closer to achieving full self-driving capability on city streets. Plus, Autopilot Hardware 3 appears to be finding its way into new build Teslas, the superchargers are starting to get their charge rate upgrades, and more. Welcome, friends, to the palindromatic 191st episode of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for March 31st, 2019. I can't believe a quarter of 2019 is already over. It's unreal that one-fourth of this year is already done. It's, it's just it's going by so quickly. Anyway, uh, before I get started, in fact, on the note of it being the end of the quarter, I wanted to wish... Tesla the very best this weekend as they power through as many deliveries as humanly possible here to close things out. And I know, I know I've heard from plenty of Tesla employees over the months and years that listen to this podcast. So to all of you Tesla employees listening, I want to tell you, we appreciate your efforts. I know you're, you're all working a lot of long hours, hard hours, a lot of work going into uh, making Q1 the very best it can be here. So uh, we tip our caps. We thank you. A lot of new owners joining the fold, joining the family here at the end of the quarter, including my boss, Pear, uh, the co-founder of IGN, trading up, sort of, trading down slash up slash sideways. I guess it depends how you want to look at it. He swapped out his 2015 85D Model S uh, that was now just shy of four years old, and he went for a P3D. So congratulations to him. He, I just uh, we were just texting. He was he was saying it's uh, he's like it's it's so small but zippy, but because he's used to an S, which is you know just so much just feels so much bigger of a car. So very happy for Pear and all of the new uh, Tesla owners, whether they're a two-time Tesla owner or, or especially to those first-time Tesla owners. Anyway, uh, a little nagging problem has seemingly been addressed that's been affecting me, and I know a lot of Model 3 owners specifically. I'm not sure if this one has been affecting the S and X crowd. I don't think so, but if, if like me, you have been running into this issue basically since you've had your Model 3, where uh, you'll occasionally get into your car and it takes a good 20 to 30 seconds to actually wake up. Like, it is in a deep sleep and you get in your car and you just have to sit there and stare at a black screen for a while till that Till that screen finally boots up. Well, it's been long enough now since I've had 2019.5.15 firmware to finally say, uh, I think I've got a big enough sample size where I can say, I think that problem has been completely fixed. I have not seen it happen once since I got uh, 2019.5.15. And in fact, I just got uh, 2019.8.3, which I'll talk about a little later in the show. That's the one with the peak power increase. But yeah, I'm just just wanted to mention that sort of at the front of the show for people where if you're maybe waiting, still waiting on a, a software update to at least 5.15 or maybe you've got it and you've been wondering about that problem if it's been floating around in the back of your head like yeah, it seems like it's fixed now. If it's not fixed, if or if you if you're still seeing it, let me know. I'd be curious to know, but it is not happening for me and that makes me super happy. All right, let's move on 
to the week of Tesla news. No major stories this week. There's not like a, a super headliner, but I've got, I think, uh, five or so smaller stories that are all of, of interest. So I mentioned 2019.8.3 on the software side, and I'll tell you, 2019 continues to be a big year for wonderful feature-adding software updates. So not only do you get the peak power increase across the entire Model 3 line on 8.3, but turns out it's also hiding another trick, stoplight warning functionality, red light warning. So a number of folks have gotten the update, a number of folks have tested it, the first person that I saw out there posting about this and out there <laughs> t testing it in as safe a way as possible, I want to give credit to the Frunk Puppy King himself, Earl, aka 28 Delays Later on Twitter. I know he's listening. He uh, he got it and he, he sort of sussed that out and noticed it and, and went and uh, made a couple little videos and posted them to Twitter and so yeah, it's the autopilot can seemingly now read red lights and if you're getting too close to them without slowing down, the car will will basically yell at you. You'll get a, a big red icon of the steering wheel with hands on it saying, hey, intervene right now. So uh, what this means is that autopilot is now starting to get the feel for the urban, the city driving, the, the city driving FSD features, those full self-driving features. You know, it's, it's dipping its toe in the water with this because note that this isn't going to automatically ap apply the brakes. It will, it will not actually take any action other than yell at you. So it's, it's for now, a passive system. But it's an awesome step in the right direction, and that direction being towards that city street full self-driving functionality that Tesla promises as of now. You, know, you go on the design studio and you, you look at the full self-driving option, and it's there. It says, you know, as I talked about a few shows up, a uh, few shows back when it first went up, that uh, they're saying later in 2019 for some of these features. So it is starting to happen. But just a quick footnote on this, please, as a public service announcement, public safety announcement for the for the well-being of yourself and others, don't go out testing this. You know, just <laughs> if you, if it happens, you, you hope that it doesn't happen at all. That you're not in that situation. Please don't test it. Or if you're going to test it, um, make sure that there's no one around. You're probably going to need someone with you to be like your spotter. But let's just say in general, don't test it. Not a good idea. But it is there. I promise you. On a similar topic, an unconfirmed report, I do want to be clear about that, but an unconfirmed report suggests that some Tesla cars are starting to ship with the Autopilot 3 hardware. So the tip comes in from Tesla Inv Info and Inventory. They are a website which compiles inventory data for Tesla vehicles around the world. And I spotted this on Tesla Radio, so I want to tip my hat to them as well. So Tesla Info and Inventory noted that the uh, internal vehicle option codes indicated a change. Uh, this is, as Tesla Radio writes now, from hardware 2.5, which is what, what's in all the cars right now, to hardware three. And as Tesla Roddy notes, the site pulls source data directly from Tesla's car listing pages and analyzes the config data embedded in the HTML to determine this information. Looking at the source code behind Tesla's new inventory site, 
meaning Tesla.com, Tesla themselves, were able to see that recently produced S and X with autopilot have been given an APH4 options code, signifying that these vehicles are equipped with the latest full self-driving hardware. Tesla uses the option code sequence APH blank to denote, as you would guess there, autopilot hardware, the type of autopilot hardware installed in the cars. There's APH2 for, for two, uh, and APH3 in the system now is for the cars now, for the 2.5. Thus, the APH4 is hardware three. So it seems as though these cars with hardware three will start delivering in Q2, since Q2 starts, well, now, basically. And I'll tell you, that is right on the timelines that Elon and the autopilot team have previously offered. Uh, you know, I've seen a number of people who've said that they wanted to wait and buy their car until they wanted to wait until after hardware three was out. But just a friendly reminder, if you're out there shopping, maybe you just took delivery of something at the end of uh, Q1 here, but it doesn't matter which hardware version that you take delivery with. The current autopilot suite will not function better. In fact, Elon just tonight, right before I, I sat down to record, clarified on Twitter that they're not Tesla is not going to start doing the upgrades of the, the, the new chip uh, until the software features are ready because uh, he said that the current system is optimized for the current set of features and you don't need the, the, the apparently the, the current feature set would actually run slightly worse on the new hardware as it stands now. So they're not going to, you know, if hardware three is shipping out now, you're not going to get it uh, you're not going to get your upgrade if you've paid for it already at the service center or, or, a, or a mobile service person. You're not going to get it next month. It's going to be later this year when those features start rolling out. But because, again, it's only hardware three is only needed for the full self-driving suite. So if you paid the money for full self-driving, you're going to get the new hardware three chip. Elon has confirmed this a few times, but people, I guess, still aren't quite confident or clear in it, Elon took to Twitter again tonight as part of the same conversation to unequivocally make it super clear if you ordered the full self-driving option or have paid for it since you, since delivery, like I have, you will get the hardware three chip. That is period. Because that's really, that's what you're paying for. You're not really paying for the software. You're paying for that hardware chip. Uh, so... The only difference effectively now is uh, whether or not you've already got hardware three in your car or uh, if Tesla mobile service ends up having to come to your home or office, take out your glove box to access where the board lives and swap it out for V3. It's just, it's quite simply, it's no big deal either way. If you've been maybe hanging back thinking that you should wait to buy your Tesla, you don't have to do that. In fact, you should buy your car soon if you are kind of ready but waiting because the federal tax credit, if you're in the U.S., drops down again after Q2. So just a, just a quick PSA right there. Uh, I guess a final thought on this would be that since literally no one listening to this right now has a car with hardware 3 in it yet, and thus we all need to have the board upgrade done, uh, the, the question is exactly when those, those upgrades are going to happen. I mean, 
you know, Elon said it won't be till the software is ready. I suspect, you know, and, and when that is, whether that's later this year or not, remains to be seen. Now, the one problem I foresee with that is if Tesla does wait till the software is actually ready, then they're going to have a lot of people clamoring. <laughs> like, we're going to be like a pack of zombies, just fa and fast zombies, not slow zombies, fast zombies just at Tesla's doorstep. Hardware three, give me, want the new features. You know, if, if they're out there and you've got to wait for your hardware board, that's, <laughs> that's going to create a lot of uh, very, very excited people. But, you know, I wonder if part of it too could also be chip yields on the new hardware three chip, because, you know, if you're familiar with computing at all, and I'm, I don't claim to be any sort of expert, but, you know, when, when a new, a new chip is, is is a new processor you know is is done initially the chip yields tend to be lower and as things get up to speed and and smoothed out you get higher chip yields which lowers your costs increases your efficiency so i suspect you know they're going to obviously going to be going into new cars first and then they're going to need to get their chip yields to a place where they have enough excess chips on a weekly basis remember they're they're doing uh about well, 7,000 cars per week total across the three models, 5,000 Model 3s, about 1,000 each on S and X. So yeah, those chip yields are going to need to get up high enough that they can cover the 7,000 a week that they're making, plus start to backfill the rest of the fleet that have paid for the full self-driving option. And uh, just not that this is an apple and orange thing, to be clear, but if the if the P3D spoiler situation is any indication, it could take a while. So just be patient. You know, I've uh, apparently they're still not shipping the performance Model 3s with the spoiler on them. Uh, you know, and whether that's a yield, you know, a, a, an issue with the supplier or not, um, you know, my boss Pear's car did not get delivered with it. They're going to hook him up after. I, I thought for sure, since since they finally got mine done, which was about, gosh, that was good three, maybe even like four weeks ago now, I would have thought that they would have started uh, installing them on new build cars as well, but they evidently have not done that. Anyway, uh, here we go. You know, it's, it's all starting to happen with the full self-driving stuff on both the hardware and software side, it will, it's going to be baby steps. You know, I remember a long time ago on this podcast, long before I got my car, I fantasized on the air about waking up one day and going downstairs to the garage and the, the software update would have happened and suddenly the car can drive me to work. Well, it's probably, it's not going to be like that. You know, it's, it's going to be baby steps towards that where it's going to be like the system now first where you'll need to monitor it, you'll need to keep your hands on the wheel, and eventually we'll get to the total hands-off, feel free to go to sleep and let the car drive you to Disneyland, <laughs> which will be, that'll be a great day when that comes. But we got to work towards it. In any case, a big step this week on both the hardware and software side. On a similar note, hardware and software, the 145-kilowatt Supercharger V2 upgrades have begun. A Tesla Motors Reddit user who goes by the username uh, Private Erbach, uh, I'm not quite sure, the, the Private, Private, yeah, Private R-B-O-K. <laughs> Maybe, the, not quite sure how it's pronounced, but anyway. 
they posted a picture of their friend's long-range Model 3 at a supercharger in Petaluma, California, you know, not too far away from here, and it was charging at 147 kilowatts at 44% state of charge. So you will need a firmware update for this as well, but I think it's included in 8.3, because I think it started in, there was a there was a 7 point something version that included the, the software for this. So I think it, it should just be a matter of getting that update on your side, on the user end, and then uh, as well as the, the superchargers themselves. But, you know, it's it's just awesome. I mean, more cool, useful, practical things keep coming as over-the-air software updates for free. It is just, it's crazy to me how much these cars have evolved just in 2019. Again, I, you know, I kind of said it earlier, it's just 2019 alone has just been a smorgasbord of, of awesome new features to dig into. It's great. Uh, next... Still on the software update side here. This is not a real thing yet, but apparently it will be. First, we had geolocated air suspension systems that would remember when you wanted your Model S or Model X raised or lowered at certain locations. For instance, your own driveway to get through there, for instance. Uh, And then, thanks to the aforementioned Earl, the frunk puppy lord... 28 delays later on Twitter, we got geolocated folding mirrors, which I use every day to get in and out of my tight garage. And soon, the next thing on that list, geolocated bioweapon defense mode. So again, this will only apply to S and X, not the three. But Elon was asked by someone on Twitter, would it be possible to tie bioweapon defense mode to saved nav locations and or make it location-based until changed? To which he replied, will do. Because the uh, person was mentioned that, that mentioning that they live near a particularly smoggy and, and gross area of L.A. that they frequently use the feature in. So, And there are other use cases for this, absolutely, of just location-based stuff. Uh, so this is super cool for, for the Model S and Model X folks. I mean, during the uh, Northern California wildfires last fall, I was really, really wishing I had bioweapon defense mode. So use it if you've got it, and it seems that soon Tesla will make it even easier to use it if, uh, if it's something that you frequently activate in the same spot. Next this week, many, many reports, both in the community and on tech sites like The Verge, that the $35,000 standard range Model 3 deliveries are all being pushed back. Standard range plus deliveries have been happening in mass. Plenty of those are happening. So what's the deal? You know, the, the naysayers, of course, have a field day with this one. What's going on? It's, it, this is my own speculation here. But it seems like the Tesla's simply playing the numbers game on it. You know, I remember I told you last week about I read Elon's email to everyone in the company that said that deliveries are everyone's highest priority, that they had the cars ordered, they had the cars built, but they needed to deliver all of them, and it was a good problem to have. So my guess is that Tesla simply cannot physically deliver all of those cars by March 31st, and thus 
they're prioritizing the higher margin cars, and I would suspect then that they'll deliver the $35,000 cars very, very early in April, aka Q2. Uh, this is neither here nor there, maybe, but just so that this may be nothing, but for what it's worth, when I was driving back from Los Angeles from the Model Y unveiling event with my friend Jeff, we saw many, many truckloads of Model 3s heading south for, you know, from presumably from Fremont down to LA, to San Diego, to you know, continue east on I-10 to Phoenix, to New Mexico, to, you know, all across the country. And a lot of those truckloads were filled with nothing but black Model 3s with 18-inch aero wheels. So we both, both Jeff and I thought, oh, those, I'll bet those are all standard battery cars. And maybe they weren't. Maybe they were standard plus. I don't know. But, you know, so again, take that with a grain of salt. But I suspect that those cars are ready, uh, that they, but that it's simply a financial decision because you know Elon's probably wanting to narrow the gap uh, as, as much as possible. Now, remember, so Elon had sounded more optimistic about profitability in Q2 when he last spoke about it, which was when the thirty-five thousand dollar car was made available. So we, because we already know. To, or Elon's already straight up said Tesla will not be profitable in Q1. So again, I, I think they're probably trying to limit the amount that they're in the red as much as possible here in Q1. But that attempt at deducing Tesla's logic aside, I want to make one more thing very clear, and that is this. I feel really bad for the standard battery customers who... In, in the cases of the ones who've been longtime reservation holders, it is now, as of, as of the day this show releases, some of you have been waiting for the standard battery Model 3 for exactly three years. March 31st, 2016 is when your reservations could first go in. And these, these poor folks now, and probably plenty of you out there, you have yet one more wait to endure before you can finally get your cars. And I have to say, I know, you know, hey, Tesla's trying to tighten the belt, be as efficient as possible, manage expenses, but I really feel like Tesla should do something for anybody who's been on the reservation list with a standard range order, who's who's been on the list for, say, at least a year, maybe even at least two years, I don't know, maybe just who's been on the list, period, waiting for a, a standard range car. Like, you know, hey, pull out the old bag of six months of free supercharging. You know, they're, they're, they're effectively commoditizing supercharging again with the new referral program. So, you know, for the standard range customers, the standard battery folks that have just waited so long, throw, give them the six months. They can't be that many people in the grand scheme of things. Like, what is it maybe going to be 50,000 people of the original... 450,000 orders because plenty of those people have no doubt gone ahead and opted for the standard range plus, or maybe they opted for the mid range, you know, last, last fall or what, but let's do something. Tesla should do something for the standard battery customers who've been waiting and waiting and waiting. I really hope all of you get your car soon. If you're one of those people, I really do. Finally, this week, the mirror image (laughs) of this, of, uh, 
of the $35,000 deliveries being pushed back as bad news. Here's some good news uh, that, that there's a mirror reference in there, which is it, it wasn't the greatest segue, I admit, not my best one. But there's good news for UK and Australian listeners out there, among other territories, I might add. A right-hand drive Model 3 uh, was spotted with manufacturer of California license plates right here in the Bay Area, posted to Reddit. The credit for that picture goes to uh, Mr. Salty Peanuts, is uh, that person's I'm going to assume male, since they went with Mr. Salty Peanuts. Mr. Underscore Salty Underscore Peanuts. Full credit where credit is due. No, seriously, I mean, it was a a great picture. Nice catch on that. Uh, Which means, of course, that Tesla is testing them. Uh, My suspicion would be that they ran a small batch of right-hand drive Model 3s in order to test the assembly process to put, you know, let General Assembly run through the process on a batch of cars, see what they learn, see what you know what they need to tweak and how to be as efficient as possible. So we, we've seen this before, not literally this specific thing, a right-hand drive car, but we have seen Tesla uh, test things and, and have them spotted a few months ahead of time. There were dual-motor Model 3s spotted in the wild a few months before those ended up finding their way into actual customers' homes as well. So there is precedent for this. That you know, Using that history as, as an indicator, it would suggest that the right-hand drive cars will probably be in people's garages in UK, hopefully Australia, and, and other territories Hopefully in, you know, in about another three months or so, you know, maybe another, maybe early Q3, hopefully at the latest, but good news right there. All right. That's everything I've got for you in the news this week. I will come right back and uh, get to your phone calls in another awesome, fully packed Ride the Lightning hotline. Stay tuned for that right after this. This week, Ride the Lightning is brought to you by AmpUp. AmpUp seeks to build the world's largest reservable EV charging network out of shared private and home chargers, while it also aggregates nine public charging networks, including ChargePoint, Tesla, EVgo, and Blink, for maximum convenience. Yes, that means if you're an apartment-dwelling EV owner or otherwise don't have home charging, this app is for you. Hosts set hours for sharing on the charger, allowing different schedules every day of the week and weekends. Hosts also set the price per hour for using the charger. Drivers pay via credit card and reservations are instantly confirmed for drivers since hosts set up the schedule beforehand. AmpUp is incubated by the world-famous Y Combinator. Its creator, Tom, is not only the president, he's also a client. Tom hopes AmpUp can help get more people over the range anxiety hump and boost EV growth. So check out AmpUp today on the App Store and Google Play. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Before I get started with that, a quick shout out and a congratulations to Anthony. He had called in semi-recently trying to decide between a new standard Model S, a 75D Model S, and a used P100D. And he let me know, call off me a long, sweet call to let me know. He actually decided on and took delivery of a standard plus Model 3. So congratulations, Anthony. As for the rest of the Ride the Lightning Hotline here, I've got plenty of calls ready from you guys. Again, I thank you so much 
for your participation in this. I welcome your participation. If you've got a Tesla-related question, comment, or discussion topic, uh, you can give me a call anytime at uh, one of two ways, either the toll-free hotline number, which is 1-888-989-8752. Again, 1-888-989-TSLA. Or you can just use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder, record something, and email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. In either case, I respectfully and kindly ask that you uh, limit the call to 90 seconds or less, minute and a half or less, would be super appreciated so I can get to more calls on the show. Let's kick it off with Jay from LA who has uh, some commentary on Tesla's decision to walk back the store closures. Jay, you're on the air. Hey Ryan, this is Jay from LA. And uh, I wanna preface what I'm gonna say with, I believe Tesla is better in almost every way to ICE cars and everyone should be driving them. So now that Tesla's completed their lineup, their sexy lineup, I wanted to comment on them walking back their store closures and pose a question. So, you know, it's interesting. The Model 3 event, they actually talked about expanding more more uh, in-store locations. And now it's, it's like the opposite. They're going to close stores so that they can uh, make the $35,000 car. And uh, I believe that the stores offer many benefits. I mean, the most being education. You know, people walk in, they see the Model 3 handles, they teach them how to use them. They they talk about EVs and there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I think these stores are at the forefront of like teaching people. And so um, but what I what I do think would have been worth it if they were to basically close all the stores and do online only is if they were to come out with a mass market affordable car. Now, I know they have the Model 3, but at $35,000, it's still basically a luxury car. And, you know, depending on your AP, your if your credit, um, you know, your APR, if you stretch it out between your car payments between six years, you're just going to be spending extra money on a depreciating asset. So I was going to get your um, thoughts on maybe they could make a car for twenty to twenty five thousand. I'm thinking of something to compete with, you know, the Corollas, the Accords, because a lot of people are just going to buy those cars because they're cheaper. They, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, cost savings, but you know that m- monthly payment is 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 due every month, no matter what, you know. So. Um, Maybe they could make it with, you know, regular door handles, maybe limited autopilot, just, you know, just the safety features, not actually being able to drive by itself. Uh, Maybe with the China Gigafactory. I don't know. But what would your thoughts be? How could they they could make a more affordable car? Jay, thank you for your call. I don't think Elon would disagree with you. You know, a true mass market affordable car that's twenty to twenty five thousand dollars is effectively the end game for Tesla's mission statement, which, as you know, uh, that Elon and Tesla bring up all the time. I don't have to repeat it. Uh, But we know that that mission statement matters to them. And even though Elon hasn't mentioned a so-called Model 4 in a while, he has in the past, and I honestly believe it's probably going to be the next thing after the current crop of cars that's going to keep Tesla so busy for the next several years. The why the pickup, the semi, the roadster, all of those make for a very, very full plate for what is still a very young uh, company that, that doesn't have, you know, 
many multiple plants across multiple places the way that, that most of the other car companies do. So, you know, Tesla's going to be kept busy for a while with, with what they've got now. So if we see a Model 4 unveiling in, say, four to five years from now and production in maybe another year or two after that, it would hopefully be at a point where Tesla has at least three automotive gigafactories humming along. Uh, in other words, I'm leaving out Gigafactory 2 in Buffalo, which you know, does all the, the Tesla solar stuff. You know, one in the U.S., obviously, one in China, and one in Europe. And they will need to have driven those battery costs down by enough to make a twenty dollars to $25,000 car viable for them to build. But I do think it'll happen, even if Tesla's not necessarily talking much about it right now. Thanks again, Jay. Uh, let's go next to Magic, uh, who has a Model 3 reservation still burning a hole in his pocket. You're on the air, sir. Hey, Ryan. Uh, my name is Matchek. I'm a longtime Melissa. I was a Model 3 day one, minute minus two uh, reservation holder for three years. And recently I pulled my Model 3 reservation because it's no longer necessary and I haven't been able to make the purchase, but it plans to in the future. One of the reasons I didn't make the purchase is because my province's Ontario um, – incentive program ran out and so i was out fourteen thousand canadian dollars which is a lot of money to swallow anyhow um the canadian government is proposing a federal tax incentive of five thousand dollars for vehicles under forty five thousand dollars canadian which the model three short range is not um i was hoping to get elon to um provide more of an a la carte option so you can really tear down the price of the vehicle um to below just below 45 grand which would be awesome, and then buy some stuff um, after the fact, like maybe a longer battery or some of the features that come bundled in. Uh, what do you think about that, and could we maybe get that into Elon's ear? It would be awesome. Thanks for everything you do, and talk to you soon. Thank you for the call. Well, the good news is that Tesla has done this before. A similar thing happened in Germany with the Model S, and Tesla just took parts of what was at the time the tech package, and made them a la carte in order to get around the restriction there. So they could do it here, but I think a key difference between then and now is, again, this is my own speculation, but the cost of the S versus the cost of the 3, or more actually more specifically, the margin. The Model S had a good bit of margin baked into it. Every single Model S, from the base model all the way to the, the performance models. The standard battery Model 3 by our accounts from, from Elon, does not. You know, we don't know exact figures, but we've heard Elon and we've heard Tesla talk time and again about being able to build the car at a cost that makes sense for the company. So they simply might not have any wiggle room to play with for, with, for an idea like you're talking about, though if they could, it would certainly help further the mission in Canada. And, you know, we've talked already on this episode. It's always, it's all about furthering the mission. So in short, I think that if Tesla can, they will, but I'm honestly not super optimistic based on everything we've heard about the cost and the profit margin on the standard battery Model 3. So we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I would absolutely love to be wrong. Let's go to our old friend Bob from Austin up next, commenting on the Model Y. We're going to head into a block of calls here that are all about the Y, kicking that off with Bob in Austin. Hi, Ryan. It's Bob from Austin. You asked about what folks are going to do about the Model Y. As you may remember, I have a Model S 75D uncorked from 2016. 
Last week, the planets seemed to line up. I took a 45-minute test drive in a Model 3 at the local showroom, and the Model Y was released. I have to tell you, the test drive was absolutely fantastic in all respects. Our goal all along is to begin then to get a Tesla capable of self-driving. That seems even closer now. We travel cross-country several times a year and take a lot of things with us, so we need a lot of cargo space. A Model S fills that bill perfectly. The Model 3, as wonderful as it is, doesn't have the cargo space we need. But Tesla says now that the Model Y will have 66 cubic feet, and our Model S is listed as 60 cubic feet. So the best of all worlds comes together. Timing. The Model Y is a Tesla that will be very close to self-driving when it is available. A car with the storage we need. And a small, mid-sized crossover that is actually beautiful. If it can tow, that will be icing on the cake. I feel so lucky that we now own perhaps the best car in the world and can keep driving it for a couple of years until the car of our dreams is available. We have a good chance of keeping the Model S. It's a roomy luxury car with lifetime supercharging. By the time we get to the Model Y, our S will be five years old with perhaps 100,000 miles on it, so the trade-in value will probably be so low that it'll be easy to keep it. Wow. Boy, it sounds like the planets really align for you there, Bob. Uh, I am thrilled to hear that the Y should meet all of your needs and desires. I mean, I suppose, given how much cross-country driving you do, the only downside for you will really be not having the free supercharging on the Y, but I suppose that's your trade-off for whatever full self-driving features the Y will have whenever you take delivery of it, versus what I presume the Autopilot 1 features, I'm presuming that that's what you got there, uh, that your current Model S has. So congratulations on your order, and hopefully your wait will be a fairly short one. Next is Larry, who was at the Model Y event and wanted to comment on it. So Larry, the floor is yours. Hey, Ryan, this is Larry, a longtime listener, and I haven't called in in a while. I also was at the Model Y event. I was pretty impressed with what I saw. I don't agree with the uh, quote-unquote underwhelmingness that the media reported on it. I think you're getting a great car with higher ride height, higher seat height, hatchback, panoramic roof, more storage, What's wrong with that? I think it's a great uh, addition to the uh, sexy uh, lineup, and I'm super uh, impressed by it. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to uh, shake your hand and say hello. I saw you from a distance, but you were talking to someone. My question is, the functionality with the Model 3, with the Bluetooth uh, entry and uh, start capability, Elon tweeted back in August about enabling that feature for Model S and Model X, and we still haven't seen it. So as a Model S and X owner, I really would appreciate that software update. That's something I would really like to see. And I think it would be in line with uh, Elon insisting that the Model S and X will continue to evolve and have the same technology as the Model 3. Uh, I'm not happy to think about uh, the Model 3 or the Model Y having better technology than the S or X. I think he needs to uh, keep those current. Um, and then I guess my next question is, uh, as someone who has my second, uh, a second Model S, I'm wondering when a good time would be for me to upgrade my Model S. I'm still waiting for either an interior refresh or an exterior refresh. So I don't really have a reason to upgrade my early P85D until one of those things uh, happens. Wondering what your thoughts on that on the next iteration of Model S, when it might come and what it might be uh, what it might be of. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for a great podcast. 
Thanks for your call, Larry. To your question about upgrading your S, I think I said it after the V3 supercharging reveal where the S and X were seemingly not going to get the full benefit of it. And it made me think that a refresh of the S and the X, at the very least, a technical refresh, if not a cosmetic one, uh, either on the inside or outside of the vehicle or both, has, has got to be happening soon. It just seems crazy to have the flagship vehicles in the product line be left on the sidelines a bit with the new supercharging. So I wonder if the phone is key functionality that you're asking for might be tied to that perhaps as well. So we'll see. It just feels like the S and the X are due. They are due for some sort of meaningful upgrade. Again, even if it's all uh, under the hood, so to speak, you know, even if it's if it's not a cosmetic thing, just just technical stuff to account to allow for these these new features like phone is key and uh, full V3 supercharging. We'll see. Thanks, Larry. Let's go next to another old friend, Lawton from Chicago, wants to comment on the seven passenger option specifically of Model Y. Lawton, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. It's Lawton from Chicago. Wanted to comment on the Model Y reveal. With my family welcoming our fourth child earlier this month, we were still considering ordering a Model Y if it had seven seats to place a minivan for regular family driving. However, based on currently available info on the third row, we're instead going to take a wait-and-see-in-person approach rather than placing order now. Since we plan to keep our vehicle for at least 10 years, the third row appears too small, especially as our kids become older. The jump seat configuration without headrest and lack of headroom may be a deal-breaker for both safety and comfort. Perhaps, if there's enough feedback and lack of interest in the 7-seat config, Tesla will consider a more general curve to the back of the vehicle, allowing more headroom and trunk space. As a result, our search for a 7-seat Tesla continues. We would like to have a larger Tesla that provides some of versatility and space as our current minivan. We're excited to see what the updated Model X eventually looks like. The announcement of V3 supercharging should be a good sign that major updates to Model S and X are coming soon. What do you feel the chances that the Tesla pickup comes in multiple configurations, such as a pickup version with open flatbed and an SUV version with three rows of seating? Do you think that Tesla will actually have a collaboration with Mercedes Sprinter to make a series of Tesla vans for commercial and family use? Eliminating emissions from ICE delivery and passenger vans will be a strong contribution to further Tesla's mission of stable transport. Thanks for all your time, energy, and serve insight you bring to the Tesla community. Look forward to your thoughts. Thanks, as always, for your calls, Lawton. You know, I, I hadn't really thought about the pickup truck having multiple configurations. It's certainly possible. I mean, that's how Rivian is starting out, as you have no doubt seen. But something tells me that if that happens, it'll be a lot later and they will start with one configuration. But the larger point I wanted to bring up in response to your call is about when you said the search for the seven-seat Tesla continues. Because it made me think of this. There's one other option uh, that the, the uh, Model Y might bring that could be of interest to you. And it's basically a domino effect thing. That option for you might be cheaper prices on CPO Model Xs. Once the Y is out, you may very well start to see used Xs get a lot cheaper and you know what? Maybe one of those will work for you and your family since uh, the third row can absolutely fit adults. I happened, I rode in the third row of a Model X 
uh, on the way to and from the parking lot at the Model Y reveal. So parking, it, I'll tell you a quick weird story. So, uh, and this also happened when I went for the Model 3 reveal back, <laughs> back in 2016, except I was in an Uber that time. Uh, and the, the Uber driver went, anyway, so this time I'm in my car and I'm driving my cousin Pat uh, and my friend Jeff. And, you know, Pat had come out from Arizona and we linked up at the hotel. So we're all driving over in my car to the, to the design studio for the Y unveiling. And uh, we pull in. So we get on to the, the street that, that the design studio is off of, which SpaceX is also off of. The police have the road blocked off because uh, after a while. Because so, that's where the Model uh, Y test ride route is going to be. So they make us this, okay, well, here you go. You got to just, just pull in here, pull into the, the whole SpaceX Tesla complex here. So we go in there and we start winding our way back and we get to, we basically get to the design studio and I, I park and I'm about to get out of the car and a security guard goes, oh, are you with, are you part of the event tonight? And I'm like, well, we're invited. And it's like, oh, you can't park here. So, okay. Anyway. Um, so they shuttle us out, follow a bunch of signs. We end up at a parking lot about, you know, not, not a little further than walking distance away. So we park and it's a whole lot full of, you know, everybody is parked there. So a bunch of Teslas and Tesla really interestingly had, uh, they were, they were shuttling people in model X's, which I thought was really neat. So yeah, I got to, uh, I, I, I rode in the third row cause we had a full, a full complement of folks. So I just popped in the third row. And yeah, the third row of an X, if you've never been in it, totally fine for adults. Two adults, not three, obviously. It's a you know two, three, two seating in uh, in a seven-seat Model X. But yeah, works out great. So anyway, uh, the point is, Lawton, that's just food for thought for you. You know, think about a used Model X if, the, if you hadn't considered that already. And by the way, congratulations to you, and your wife on the new addition to your family. Andy from Denver is up next, and as I told you, this is a Model Y block, so he's got some comments on the Model Y. Let's see what Andy has to say. Hey, Ryan and Daisy, this is Andy from Denver calling. Uh, I just wanted to respond to your uh, request for information about Model Y purchases from the show last week. I am a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, uh, and I now have an order in for a Tesla Model Y. I have a number of reasons that uh, I made this decision, uh, first of which is that I have wanted to purchase a Tesla for a long time. I currently drive a Chevy Volt, and it's getting to be on its last legs and could use an upgrade. Um, and the reason I bought the Model Y is not because I think it's necessarily the perfect car for me, uh, but the timing was right, uh, both in terms of the aging out of this vehicle and because um, the we were in a, a fiscal situation that was appropriate for purchasing a Model Y. So, um, I ended up getting a white on white, and I guess we'll see what happens with the uh, options as we find out more about it. Um, one thing that I was wondering if you could comment on, and it's probably too early to know anything about it, is uh, what wheel choice was on the blue uh, prototype that was available. 
Uh, it seems like with the black trim around the wheel wells, it would be nice to have a darker wheel set. Uh, anyway, I think the show is great. I really appreciate all you do, uh, and I like hearing your stories about Daisy. Uh, thanks and take care. Appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks for the call, Andy. Uh, glad to hear that your countdown clock to owning a Tesla has officially begun. Hopefully the wait will be short for you. And I can answer your question about the wheels on the Y prototype. Those were regular sport wheels, same as on Model 3 and same as are in the Model Y design studio. They were just powder-coated black. Franz seems to like that because his own personal Model 3 was photographed a few months before the Performance Model 3 came out. Of course, Franz has one of the very first Model 3s, you know, the, the what, probably number two or three, I would imagine. And when it was photographed, it had 20-inch sport wheels, uh, which, of course, weren't available yet. They wouldn't become official until the Performance Model 3 rolled out. Uh, and Franz had them in the Sonic Carbon, that kind of dark gray color that Tesla offers on the Model S turbine wheel. So, you know, it's Franz seems to like that. Uh, and, and obviously the Model Y prototype is very much his baby. So uh, I agree with you completely that the black trim around the bottom edge of the Y would be complemented nicely by some darker wheels. And, and I think the the chrome delete that is on the car by default just makes uh, an even stronger case for a dark wheel. So uh, you never know. Hopefully Tesla will grant your wish on that one. Another Andy. It's, a, it's an Andy twofer. This Andy is from Evanston, Illinois. He ordered a Model 3 as well and wants to talk uh, a little bit about it. So Andy, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. It's Andy here from Evanston, Illinois. Like many others, I took the plunge and placed an order for the Model Y the day after the reveal. I've been eagerly waiting for a more affordable SUV from Tesla, and I, for one, am super excited. I wanted to get your thoughts on ride height based on your experience. We are a one-vehicle family, and my wife prefers the higher ride height of our small SUV. Can you give me an idea of how your experience with the Model Y compares to existing small SUV crossovers? as far as step-in height is concerned. Also, we are a family with small children and ordered the third row option. Love the show and keep up the great work. Great to hear from you, Andy. I can be a bit helpful here, but maybe not how you're hoping. So I confess that I can't really compare it to other crossover SUVs because neither my wife nor I has a crossover SUV and honestly, I'm just never in them. But what I can do for you is compare it to the Model 3, and it is definitely a noticeable step up, and I mean that literally <laughs> from the 3, thanks to the increased ride height in combination with the seat risers. You know, you heard the clip uh, that I played for you on the Model Y episode of the, the driver from Tesla in the, you know, specifically calling that out. Hopefully you won't have to wait much more than two years for that third row since Tesla just put the very nondescript 2021 on the design studio for that option with no specific window on it. But I will say it does seem perfect for small children, so that should work great for you. Larry from New York is up next. Uh, he's got a, a bit of an interior quandary on a potential order, so see if we can help Larry. 
Hello, Ryan. This is Larry from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, first time caller. Um, new to the podcast, about eight episodes in now. I uh, just had a question in reference to the new lineup on the uh, Model 3. Um, thinking about getting the standard range plus uh, or the uh, rear-wheel drive long range. And I know with the premium interior on the standard range plus, uh, they only offer standard maps and uh, navigation. Uh, my question is, is that if I was, is there an option to upgrade, if I was to go with the premium interior, to upgrade to uh, the uh, live maps and traffic by way of subscription? Um, that will be the difference between the ordering, whether the long range for what drive or the standard range plus. Thank you. Like the podcast. Thanks for your call, Larry. It does not appear that way. It seems to be tied to the battery trim, not the interior itself. I would consult Tesla customer service to be sure. You know, you can dial them up anytime and they can verify if I'm right or not. But what I would tell you is that if you are in a position where the long range is a viable option for you, I would highly recommend that. Uh, I believe you said that you're newer to the podcast, so you may have never heard me say this. So here goes, and apologies to others who have heard me say this, but it's this. Three words. Range is king. Particularly in a place like New York, where you're going to have the chillier winter temperatures to deal with for a chunk of the year uh, that's that's going to take a bite out of your range. You know, and, and believe me, I know it's a lot easier for me to say that than it is to go ahead and, and you to pay more money for it. But since you mentioned both, I wanted to at least try and nudge you towards the bigger battery if it's feasible for you. If not, you're still going to get a great car that you're going to be super happy with. But um, uh, the bigger battery is, is going to be hugely beneficial uh, in, in the winter and just in the long term. And uh, it would also definitely solve your live maps and traffic requests. That's, that's a definitive way to, to address that concern. So best of luck to you regardless. And we'll go next to Will in the UK, who uh, wants to talk about over-the-air upgrades for S and X. Will, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. Will Brocklebank here from the UK again. Hope you're well. I was just listening to your episode where you were listing all of the improvements that the cars have received for free since you bought them. Dog mode, sentry mode, navigate on autopilot, power boost, amongst other things. And it made me think, here in the UK, I've owned my Model X for uh, about 10 months now, and we don't have any of those features yet. Um, in fact, um, Almost every UK Tesla owner of any model is reporting drastically reduced uh, autopilot performance, um, masses of phantom braking um, as you pass cars on the left and the right as they seem to lurch into your lane if you look at the screen in front. Uh, autopilot is basically unusable at the moment, and I've had that confirmed by Tesla Service Center, who say that there is a firmware upgrade coming, and they do know about it. But I haven't had a firmware upgrade since just after Christmas. Um, so although I'm a huge Tesla fan and a big supporter and indeed uh, uh, an investor, 
I do feel somewhat frustrated by Tesla's over-the-air upgrade performance. Um, autopilot has degraded. We don't have these new features. Seems to take a very long time. And who knows whether we'll ever get navigate on autopilot outside of the U.S. Anyway, <clears throat> just a thought. It's just that Tesla is now a global company, truly. They rely on international markets for their profitability, um, or at least their growth story being uh, executed. And yet a lot of their core componentry over the air upgrades are not really being pushed out internationally properly. I'd be interested in your thoughts and those of your listeners. Cheers. Well, thank you for your perspective. I don't disagree with anything you said. Tesla does need to take better care of its global customers, not just the North American ones. On the plus side, since you sent in your call, I did read reports of Navigate on Autopilot starting to finally roll out to European cars. So look for that update very, very soon, particularly since it sounds like you're quite overdue for an update. So you're looking for 2019.8.3. It's also got Sentry mode in it. Now, to be perfectly clear, that report of, uh, of someone in Europe getting it, that was from a Model 3 owner. And I, I know S and X have been a bit slower to get those updates recently. But again, hopefully it sounds like good things are coming your way imminently. In fact, my hope is that it's all moot and that you've already gotten the update by the time you hear this call played back in your ears. Taking us home this week is Joe from Michigan. He's got an interesting idea. Joe, let's have it. This is Joe Willett from Michigan. Um, I had an idea that uh, I really think Tesla should do and probably will do at some point anyway, whether they hear it from me or not. Uh, similar to the way Apple sells iTunes gift cards, and you can give someone iTunes credits, and you can just have an account with credits and, and spend them as you go and uh, receive the credits as gifts at Christmas or whatever. Tesla should do the same thing. Uh, I can just imagine going into a drugstore and seeing the big rack of all the gift cards, and you see a Tesla brand one there. And you buy it for $15 or you know, $100 or whatever and give it to your nephew or someone uh, just as a, as a gift. Add that, apply that to your account and you've got you know, free, free miles. You're giving somebody a road trip. So anyway, I'm hoping that they do this. I think it'd be really cool. Thanks. Joe, I like that idea. You know, it could also be used for maybe for merch or even service credits too. So good stuff. Thank you so much for calling in. And thanks to all of you who called in this week, continue to call in, or will call in. Again, I welcome your calls. I gave you the info for how to do that at the top of the segment. I'd love to hear from you, and we'll, of course, get back to the Ride the Lightning hotline next week. For now, I'll be right back with some thoughts on the peak power increase that I just got and had a chance to give one test to. So uh, I'll talk about that and then wrap things up right after this. All right, so in my car, I just got 2019.8.3 last night. So had to go to work today, but thankfully I, I had a brief little window where after work I uh, found a quiet spot that I hadn't tried doing a 0-60 to 60 run. There was just enough space. It was a quiet spot. It was safe, um, but I wasn't quite sure if it would be flat, but I wanted to see what the new peak power increase would do for the P3D. So I ran the test. I, I, I had recharged. I, I juiced up my Draggy, which is, uh, if you're not familiar with Draggy, D-R-A-G-Y. 
It's a $150 thing you can get off of Amazon. It has like a GPS dongle and then an app on the phone. It, it, it links with the phone and it's the dongle, which is GPS-based. So it's, it's basically uh, using all its tools to at pretty accurately measure your performance time. And I've I'd used it before, uh, early on after I'd gotten the car, at a, at a totally flat place, and I'd clocked myself. Uh, I'd been able to pull a 3.49, so basically exactly what the car is was programmed to do at the time. Well, now the car has been reprogrammed to go a little faster, so I wanted to see well, you know, what that would look like. And uh, it, it worked out that there was that the place I tried it at uh, today was ever so slightly downhill in one direction and uphill the other way, obviously. So and and by ever so slightly, I mean 1.49% slope downwards or upwards going the other way. So super slight, but Draggy will only certify the 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 run as as verified and let you upload it uh, to you know your your records and to compare to other people if it's on flat ground. It will not do it if there's a slope. So, but what I can tell you, so with such a slight slope, it's pretty much accurate. And I'm I'm actually gonna I, I'm gonna go back to the the orig- the place I went to originally that I know is flat. Tomorrow's the weekend. I'm actually go- I'm going that way anyway on an errand. So I'm going to go test it again. Uh, I'm charging my battery to 90%, which is what I had it on for this run today as well. So it was 90% today. It'll be 90% when I try it on the totally flat ground tomorrow. And I ran a 3.4 second, 3.40. Uh, and again, that's that's without a rollout. So if you if you add in rollout, basically Tesla now will call that a 3.2 second, zero to 60 with a rollout. But it, uh, without a rollout, 3.4 seconds. So yeah, it's it is as advertised about one tenth of a second better. So that is pretty cool. And um, yeah, I, I don't know if if the old uh, the old butt dyno, you know, if I could really feel the difference at least on a zero to 60, but. It felt good. It's it's quicker than it was yesterday, which is just crazy. Again, like when you just stop and think about it, I love it so much. So, thank you Tesla. Thank you to the engineering team uh, for pulling, you know, and analyzing all the data from the entire fleet and realizing that that they could pull a little extra power out of the motors without you know without endangering anything. I love it. And I'll let you know, you know, if I if I have any. Uh, any results that are any really different or, or worth mentioning when I go to flat ground tomorrow, I'll, uh, I'll pass those along on next week's show. Now, the pro tip of the week. I believe this gentleman, I, I've, sometimes the, the quality of the calls can vary on the hotline, and it's nobody's, it's not your fault, but I believe this person's name is America. And if I, get, if I got that wrong, I do apologize. I did my best. I listened to it a few times. But uh, here's America from Northern Virginia with a tip about... Uh, autopilot steering wheel nags, the, when it nags you to grab the wheel. Hello, Ryan. This is America from Northern Virginia. Um, I have a little pro tip for you and for the audience. And basically that is when you are on autopilot and, you know, you get this, like, warning message saying that you have to put your hands on the wheel. Well, turns out that you don't really have to put your hands on the wheel. You can actually just scroll the wheel 
like for instance, the, the, the volume wheel, you know, open them, and it will just like work. You don't have to actually even touch the wheel at all. You just have to move the scroll. Um, and I believe that also works, like, if you move the scroll, you know, it's left or right, like, let's say if you're, like, switching songs, that also will work. So just a little tip there, in case you don't, like, you don't feel like grabbing, you know, the wheel, uh, you can just get rid of, like, well, that warning message. Uh, thanks for the podcast, and keep up with the good work. Bye-bye. Well, I feel like... I, I feel like maybe I'd mentioned that one before, but but maybe not. I can't, can't even keep track anymore. But it, it doesn't matter because, you know, that's such a useful daily tip. And, and it's not totally obvious. And hey, also, there could be some new listeners out there who maybe didn't hear it if I had mentioned it before. So this is definitely worth making sure we get into uh, people's ears. That is, It's a great tip. Thank you for sending that in. And again, if you've got a pro tip, something that you've discovered about your Tesla, can be any Tesla, uh, that, that that's maybe not super obvious, not right in the owner's manual that you want to share with, uh, with the rest of the audience that others might find useful, go ahead and send it in, and you send it in the same way you send in a Ride the Lightning hotline call. So either the, the toll-free number or using your smartphone and recording something and emailing it. Thank you, and that'll wrap it up. I want to mention uh, Immaculate Reflections, taking good care of my car in the detailing department. If you're looking for paint protection film, paint correction, uh, just a, a super thorough clay bar wash wax even, you know, whatever your detailing needs or wants. If you're in the Bay Area, maybe you're going to take delivery of your car in the Bay Area, uh, you can give Immaculate Reflections a, uh, you can drop them a line, irdetailing.com. You can also look up their work on Instagram and Yelp, see what the ratings are, see what the, the pictures are looking like over on, uh, on those. So those, you know, yelp.com slash immaculate underscore reflections or yelp.com slash immaculate underscore reflections. Meanwhile, abstractocean.com, they continue to uh, have lots of fun stuff. They're, I'm told the number one seller now is the center console wraps in the different textures and varieties. Because again, that I'm, I'm honestly surprised that Tesla is still using the same like piano black mirror glossy one that they're using. Because I think I said this exact thing last week. You look at it funny and it scratches. You know, I, I, I mean, it looks nice, don't get me wrong, but for me... I don't, I don't, and the, the fingerprints, the scratches, I wanted to, I, uh, I had uh, Jeff at Immaculate Reflections wrap mine with just a satin clear wrap, but you can do, uh, again, Abstract Ocean has the kits to do it yourself pretty easily, and they've got everything from a carbon fiber wrap to uh, all kinds of stuff, so check out everything they've got at abstractocean.com, and if you're a first-time customer, you can pile everything you want into your cart, and then at checkout, you can use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, RTLPODCAST, uh, to get 15% off of your very first order. Patreon is uh, the way that I would humbly ask if you would like to support this podcast in, in a way beyond simply listening to it, which, hey, as long as you're listening to it, I sincerely appreciate that, but... Uh, if you'd like to support the, the time and energy and effort that goes into this, you can do so on Patreon. All the information is on my Patreon page, which is 
patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. In fact, I want to thank the newest Patreon producers, Ron Lee and Lambert Lee. I don't think there's any relation there. I think that might just be a heck of a coincidence. But uh, also, going back from the longest tenured Patreon producer tier, folks, uh, to the newest, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine. Uh, by the way, Tim Hyde, uh, was in town with his lovely wife uh, and and had said, "Oh, we'd love to meet up." And we met up for coffee today. And but what a what a what wonderful people, uh, Tim and his wife. Just really great to talk to them. It's just cool. I mean, Tim's from Little Rock. They're from Little Rock, Arkansas. And it's you know I know I live in the Tesla bubble here, for which is good and bad, right? It's like I get a I get a unique perspective to give to you guys by way of being effectively in the eye of the hurricane. Here, you know, I, but at the same time, it's, it's very interesting to me and valuable to me to hear the perspectives of people who live well outside of that bubble. And, and Tim was telling me about, you know, they're, they have a Model X and, you know, there, there is, he says there's a good contingent of Tesla folks around town now, but, but still with the X, as soon as those doors go up, they get a lot of, of, uh, curious people and, and they they spend a lot of time uh, talking to people about Tesla, and I think that's cool that they they make the time to do that. And I'm sure a lot of you have those stories too, uh, that that people that don't live here in the Tesla bubble where the, <laughs> these things aren't seen five times a day. But uh, Tim, it was great to great to meet you. It was a really great time today. Marcus Mayenshine, uh, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil. Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dorian Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Blake Wiley, Josh, Jeremy, Jeremy Harris, Tesla Owners Club, uh, Ty, or Tesla Owners Taiwan, pardon me, Rob Brewer, My Tesla Adventure, shout out to Eli, and Austin Allen. So thank you all so, so much. Uh, a reminder, if you don't already subscribe to the podcast, which, again, super free, doesn't cost anything, that's just to make sure it downloads right to you every, each and every week, every time there's a new episode. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn, which, reminder, TuneIn's in your Tesla. You can get the podcast there. Spotify, YouTube, etc. pretty much all the major podcast services. And then finally, Jada Wireless Charging Pad, if you are ordering one, uh, if you want to get one for your Model 3, you've got a Qi-compatible smartphone that, that does wireless charging. The Jada Pad is excellent. The, ver- the new version 2, the revision of it, it is just great. I've uh, Again, it's, it's P3D proof. I have, <laughs> I have verified it. And uh, you know, they added a nice little thing where it works in landscape mode, too. It'll still charge. So if you like, if you're a Waze user, uh, you can still have that down there in your center console with the phone charging, which is a nice touch. So no discount there, sadly, on that $100 pad. But uh, if you would be so kind as to order with this link, they throw me a few bucks for, for mentioning it here. And again, I'm, I'm an actual customer of this thing. 
But it's uh, so if you want to order it uh, to uh, through me here, it's getjada.com. That's J E D A. Getjada.com slash R E F slash eight. And I do believe, yes, that's everything. We're done. We've done it all. Uh, fun week this week. Daisy the Boxer Puppy slept through the entire show. She, are you, yeah, she's snoozing away. She's got a little, little, she's dreaming. Her paws are twitching. She's, uh, she is happily in dreamland, which is where I hope to be in a little while from now, because it's late. It's always late, uh, when I finish this thing, but it's fun. I have a blast doing this each and every week. Thank you all so much for your support of this podcast, for, for, uh, so generously giving me an hour plus of your time each and every week to inform and perhaps on occasion even entertain you about things in the world of Tesla. Uh, I appreciate it. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back here next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's, – it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment, mm. make its maximum fun.